Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my line mate Matt with me. And today we got Tyler Van Dusen on the show. How you doing, man? Doing well. I appreciate the invite, boys. I'm uh, ready to talk some hockey with you guys. Awesome, man. Awesome. Tyler's a Calgary Flames fan, and I was telling him off air beforehand, everybody already knows that I hate the NHL except for the Blackhawks, but I got a soft spot for the Calgary Flames because of Theo Fleury. A lot of people hate him. A lot of people love him. And you know what? I think that's that's really a cool way to be. Like, you know, maybe you're doing something right when half the people hate you and half the people love you. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, when you're when you're a polarizing figure like Theo, uh, you're bound to have people not like you, but you also have people gravitate to to your ego and how good of a hockey player you are and personality. So you either love him or you hate him, and I'm with you. I love the guy. Yeah, yeah. And it, it always turns out, like, the one dude that everybody loves, it's like, Guy's got the most skeletons in the closet or something. Yeah, exactly. He's had a a rough pass, but you know what? He he owns it, and and he's made a a career outside of hockey with it as well. Right, right. Now, the Flames this year are a team that I think that the the Blackhawks can actually emulate in the future. You know, with Matthew Kachuk, I think he really stormed onto the scene and then— I would say his production kind of went down a little bit, and but man, he's having a hell of a year this year. I think he's at twenty nine goals and and maybe fifty assists or something like that. But but yeah, he's man. uh he's definitely a guy you want to get behind. It's it's funny. So the past two years, we've heard uh, out of like Flames reporters and and uh, the just beat reporters around the area is Matthew Kachuk's going to leave for St. Louis and Johnny Gaudreau's going to leave for New Jersey. Um, and then you look at those two teams and you're like, yeah, you see the St. Louis ties, but I can't see the Flames letting two players like that just leave. You know, one's an RFA, one's a UFA, but Matthew Kachuk has been lights out this season. Kind of kind of replicates his 18-19 season where he kind of stormed into the into the NHL and then dipped last year after the Mark Giordano and the Jake Muzzin puck flip incident in Toronto. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's been great to watch. He's a beast and it's sweet to see that he can uh, drive a line now all by himself. So he's now playing on the second line with Michael Backlund and uh, Dylan Dubé's and, and he's excelled the last two games. You know what? I would also think th- from what I've noticed from him, from the the limited Calgary, you know, footage that I've seen, you know, just watching on TV or maybe watching some ESPN plus is that, I mean, he's, he's a tough player, man, but before he, I wouldn't call him a goon, but he would do, you know, some, some goonish stuff, but he's really, I, I, I would, I would probably say, uh, you know, had better temperament this year than he has in the past. Do you think that is, is, um, do you think that that's kind of translating to more production? I think, I think being able to play with top players from the get go, like Johnny Gaudreau and Elias Lindholm has also helped. I do know that it's been a few years, you know, he was really reckless. He was being suspended, you know, Bradshaw living had to come out and back him a little bit, but yeah, he's just more letting his game play in the, and the, you know, the scruff of the game is still there, but it's just not as seen as it was when he was a rookie in the first couple of years in the league. Yeah, like when he was terrorizing uh, Drew Doughty. Oh, <laughs> I, I hate Drew Doughty. Oh, oh you're God. a flamer. So, oh, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, those are you. good battles, though. I, those are entertaining <laughs> battles to watch. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. I'm sure Drew Doughty has nightmares of, of Matthew Kachuk, you know, like just standing there in his mirror or something and turning around. He's not there. <laughs> Or he's got his two Stanley Cup rings in his ear, blocking it <laughs> maybe, out. Maybe. So. I don't know, he man. His thousandth game this year, and uh, Matthew yeah, Chuck did a little cameo for him. So that was that was even. I, oh, really? That was, yeah, was awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah, wow. I saw that. <laughs> so, um, you know, moving on, Johnny Goudreau has been a really consistent player his his entire career. You could probably. You could probably even compare him to Patrick Kane, you know, just, you know, just steady production, but he's having a really good year this year. Do you think that he's ready to move on from the Flames or do you think that he wants to stick it out? And do I, dude, this is like the toughest conversation you could, you could ask a Flames fan because <laughs> you have a, we have a reporter down here, Eric Francis, who has been beating this drum for about 10 years that he's ready to move on. Even, even though Johnny Gaudreau has been adamant and been saying that he's, he loves Calgary, he wants to stay. I will say, I think he's more of a Panarin player than a Kane player. Like, I don't think there's many people in Kane's level, mm-hmm. um, but still a great American-born player. Um, I don't see Johnny Gaudreau leaving after this year, especially to go to a team like New Jersey or something like that where he's been rumored to go, or Philadelphia. I think winning, and you're starting to see the Flames are starting to put themselves in that conversation of being a contender. Right? I don't think they're like a Stanley Cup contender this year. I think they're staying close, probably a fringe contender, but 
I don't know why you'd want to like leave a lose. I mean, a winning organization to go to a losing one right now. We just saw what happened in Philadelphia at the trade deadline and how messy that's starting to get. And New Jersey's still up and coming. So yeah, I think that I think they'll they'll get it done and lock it up. And hopefully, it's not as high as Panarin and it's a little bit lower, more like a Mark Stone type of contract. But uh, you never know. Yeah, I'll call it right now. Maybe eight point five. What's he at now? Six something. He's at six point seven five right now. That's yeah. a steal right now. Yeah, it is. That's a steal. Yeah, especially when you've got guys like uh, like Jack Hughes who's going to be making 8.5 next year. Yeah, I, I was just bringing it up that back in the day, Kane and Tate got paid after they won their Cups. They've proven in the NHL that they were able to win and get to the next level and really deliver. Nowadays, we got younger players that want to just get paid before they deliver, and you're starting to see that uh, – like you know destroy teams cap hit and the ability to properly rebuild and all that kind of stuff like jack hughes that's unbelievable the amount of money he's about to get next contract yeah it is and especially for like say say uh somebody like johnny goudreau like, like i mentioned before who's just been so consistent his entire career that you know that he's essentially getting out out jack hughes is out out paying him and i i pick on hughes a lot man because he's been in the league for three years and and scored 60 points which is you know practically a season for i mean that's really a mediocre season for for johnny and uh to see some of these younger kids coming in and and, and making this type of money i'll even say brady kachuk as well getting that 8.5 and and he hasn't really hit those point markers like like Johnny has. Do you think that you know going forward, like the the bridge deal is just done? Like if you are drafted high, like I want to use uh, Brandon Hagel as an example. Uh, this guy's got twenty goals. I think he's somewhere in like the fifty points mark, and he's getting one point five a year. He's actually scoring more than Jack Hughes ever has. But he was drafted, I think, in the fifth round. And, and obviously that's probably why he's making less money, but do you think that guys should be paid like for what they've done or are we just paying dudes for their draft status? I think, I think I'm with you in the sense that they're paying them for their draft status. We also have a player in Calgary, Andrew Manjapani, who's making 2.7 or something like that really low and he's over already over 30 goals. Also, I just want to touch on Brandon Hagel. You guys got a steal. Yeah, we did. Of a trade. Like, your new yep. GM like put his work boots on and said, you know what? It's, <laughs> yep. We're, we're going to embrace this rebuild, even though, like, a year ago, we Seth Jones was on the market, and we're like, oh, no, maybe rebuild's going to be on a hold. He embraced it, sold Flurry, got a, got a huge pick for that after getting it for nothing, and then absolutely slaughtered uh, Tampa Bay with that Brandon Hagel trade. So good for you guys. The rebuild's going to be a little bit quicker than you think. Yeah, um, I, I really hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Um, but to, to, to go on your younger players, yeah, Brady Kachuk, what's his career high in points? It's below 60 points as well, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And he's making close to nine or just eight and a half. Yeah, his career high is 45. That, that to me doesn't make sense, especially when you're building a team. There needs to be a stage where you have players that can develop and then get that contract after they've shown what they can do in the NHL. And yeah, we've gone away from it. Everybody wants to get them like locked up long-term so then maybe they exceed those expectations and their cap looks better in five years, kind of like Leon Dreisaitl. But that doesn't happen all the time. That rarely happens. So yeah, I, don't, uh, I think GMs need to go back to the drawing board and maybe work on their negotiations with these young players. Yeah, or maybe come together and say, hey, guys, look, uh, here's the deal. Here's what we're not going to do. <laughs> yeah, let's stop you know, this madness. It's yeah. not like these guys don't have a GM's meeting, you know, every year. <laughs> hey man, I, I agree. So really quick, dude, Sean Moynihan, I think that he's been dropping like a rock. What's going on with this guy? This is what happens when you have a player that's like warrior mentality. It's um, completely destroyed Sean Monahan's hockey career uh, in the sense that this player, you know, in, in what was it, 18, yeah, 2018, he had two sports hernias, uh, groin surgery, and yet again, another wrist surgery. And last year, he had the hip surgery again where he could barely walk. Like he had to relearn how to walk. Jeez. Um, you're just, you're just start, and it happened after the sixth game of the season. So you're just starting to see that. We love these players that have big heart and will play through broken ribs and play through, you know, all these injuries. But at the end of the day, your career is over when you just can't play anymore. He just got scratched, I think, today at practice for Ryan Carpenter, who we just acquired from the Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, 
which is pretty sad because this guy used to have like be known for a lethal shot and at least pot 30 goals a year and now his numbers are sweet scratched. yeah 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 and it's it's a real tragedy it's really unfortunate man and me and matt have been talking about it and i i've been saying specifically that you know that guys like say we'll take vegas for example got mark stone's got a back injury right nine guys making nine million a year he's their captain, clearly a cornerstone of the organization. And we had Kirby Doc about a year ago, about a year and a half ago, he got a wrist injury. Uh, he was having a good tournament, juniors, and he got brought back, you know, too early. And I think that there needs to be more of an impedance on just letting guys heal, you know? It's like, we weren't going to win a cup that year, and there was no reason for... Kirby Doc to come back so early. Sean Moynihan was a, a great player with a great shot. He played with a bit of an edge. And now that he had to deal with so many injuries and then probably play through a ton of them, now his, his career's, you know, he's getting scratched essentially. Do you think that maybe teams should be like, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to shut you down, man, because, you know, you're, you're a part of our team. You know, obviously you're getting a big contract and we want you to play at the best because, a, a, a Mark Stone playing at 50% isn't as good as a Mark Stone playing at 80%, you know? Do you think that that teams and GMs and should should maybe take into a consideration like these guys' long-term health when uh, fielding a team? I also think, like, I agree with everything you just said. I also think that the pressure to win is so huge. Uh, right. Actually, the Flames were in this weird spot where Johnny Gaudreau's contract was up in two years. Matthew Kachuk's contract was up in two years. Andrew Manager Panties. So they were like, we need to make the playoffs right now while everybody's at a relatively low cap. Um, and I think it also is on part of the team where Sean Monahan hurts his hip in the sixth game of the season. And they go, Sean, what do you want to do? Do you want to play through it or do you want to, you know, shut her down? And at that point, you would think, kind of like the Vladimir Tarasenko incident that happened last summer or last year too, right? Or the, it's been a couple seasons, but still. Shut him down. He's right. now no good to you at all. You've now just ruined a, a, a hockey player that could have at least, you know, maybe taken a little bit of a decline if you let him rest. But now you've completely destroyed him in trying to keep him playing through these. So I agree with you completely. I, I don't know. I've never understood that, but we always applaud the, the warrior mentality in NHL players. It's kind of like no other sport out there, right? A basketball player will like maybe tweak his ankle a little bit out for three months. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel for Sean Monaghan, and it sucks that injuries have taken him. I also will blame Jeff Ward a little bit. After they got destroyed in, uh, against Colorado in the 18-19 playoffs, uh, he wanted to be more of a defensive player, and that also kind of ruined uh, what Sean Monaghan brought to the Calgary Flames. It's like Kirby Doc all over again, Mike. Yeah. It's yeah, like that's what essentially they, what, what it exactly is. Exactly what they're, they pretty much did to him this season. You know, on, on the— yeah. Oh God, they're killing him. Yeah. Yeah, they're wrecking him. And um, on a Facebook group, you know, people were mentioning, you know, there, there's a difference, man, between like the fandom. You know, there's the diehards, there's the people who watch games, and then there's like the people who kind of just jump on the wagon, you know. And it's usually the people on the wagon that will say something like, you know, Kirby Doc. Um, this guy mentioned that Kirby Doc's wrist injury could be affecting him still, and someone was like, how can a wrist injury that was 15 months ago affect a hockey player now, you know, it's like, well, I'll tell you why, <laughs> because you, you need your wrists probably just as much as you need your ankles to play hockey. Number one, number two, he's a center. So you need strong wrist to be a good center in the NHL. I think the kid just turned 21 was rushed back early. Yeah. I mean, sure. You can bounce back faster when you're young, but you could also do irreparable damage to yourself when you're young as well. And, you know, like I think that generally, like you mentioned, the fandom is like, Oh, these are, these guys are tough as nails. They're gladiators essentially, you know, get them in there. It's like, Oh, look, his legs hanging off. He can barely walk. He can barely speak in an interview without saying uh between every sent every other word because he's taken so many headshots but hey the guy's a warrior right <laughs> it's yeah. like is this really what we're doing here like like as fans you know i get it you, you if you're playing for a cup and you're in the playoffs and you're in the midst and you want to take that chance that's one thing but if you're 30 games into a season and you guys have won 10 games <laughs> are you really going to risk it over that yeah and, and 
and that's the real conversation too where you have to be like is it the player that's saying he wants to play or is it the team giving him the player the option and i saw this one argument on twitter this one time and it was really good and it was actually a fascinating argument that question was brought up and they said well if the player decides he wants to play nobody should ever tell them that they shouldn't play but at the end of the day where does the morale of the franchise and the care for the the players come in for that right mm. yeah you you can have a player that says i'm fine i'll just fight through it hopefully it will get better these teams have doctors these teams have physicians have people that are looking at them all the time they should be the ones that are like no shut it down but i also get that with the jack eichel now we're getting into that thing too where oh, they boy. want one surgery and the other right like so there is a fine line but sean monahan decided and i don't know what the the Kirby Doc situation is, but Sean Monahan decided to play six games after, like, after six games of being hurt, and he just wanted to continue going through it, even though he had to learn how to rewalk and all that stuff. And now he's scratched. So did it really pay off? You know what I mean? Right, right. I can't believe his numbers. I'm looking at him now. He's a minus sixteen. This guy was a thirty goal guy. It's insane what's right. going on. Right, it's yeah, incredible. I, I didn't know. I didn't know any of this. It's a hard league, boys. Oh, it's a tough league. So, man, we're going to move on to the Blackhawks. We're just going to cover this their last game really quick. Uh, the Hawks beat the Ducks. You know, it's it's nice to be able to say that the Hawks beat somebody. Uh, Kaner and Kat and Stromer continue their hot streak. Kaner's got, had a goal and two assists. Kat had a goal and assist, and Stromer had a goal and assist, which would make it nine in his last nine games, he's got nine goals. Uh, Tyler Radish, one of the guys that we got for in the Brandon Hagel trade, um, had another goal. And this guy's fitting right in, man. You know, he in his first game, he seemed to be very noticeable. He was, he was kind of everywhere. Then in this, in his second game, he had a goal and an assist, and 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 then in the last game, he had a goal. Um, Pretty, pretty great, man, to see this guy, you know, come in and and really try to win the locker room and the fans over like, hey, look, I know that Brandon Hagel left, but hey, I'm cool, too. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to make a difference. Um, Lankinen had a strong performance and, you know, it's good to see him get in there, get some experience. Fleury's gone. You know, this was originally supposed to be, you know, a Fleury 1A, Lankinen 1B type of a situation. It turned into the Marc-Andre Fleury is going to pull the whole wagon uh, type of a deal, which I didn't agree with. I'm, I wanted to see him play, but I wanted Lankinen to get you know, some experience from, from Fleury. Yeah. He got to see him operate as a professional, which is a really big deal. Saw his preparation, but I would have liked to have seen him, uh, you know, get more games in there so that, you know, maybe he has a bad game. He comes down and Fleury's like, don't worry about it, dude. This is how you go back and bounce back after a bad game, uh, you know, type of a deal. So um, I'm not, we'll see how that, how that works out. Uh, But I think that Lankinen could be the goalie of the future for the Blackhawks. Uh, we've got another guy in in Rockford, which is our our minor league affiliate, uh, named uh, Soderblom. Who's uh, he looks like he has promise, man. He moves really well. He's like six six, so he's like one of those one of those big goalies. You know, me and Matt joke that whenever we draft a goalie, we should just have a Nashville draft for us because uh, you know it's like these guys just find these otherworldly goalies. You know. Uh, UC Soros is just incredible, man. And uh, I mean, pra- we, if, if it wasn't for guy. yeah, if it wasn't for that guy, I don't even think Nashville would be in the conversation at all. UC Soros is playing out of his mind. Yeah, as a goaltender, especially with that that roster. You also got to give a little props to Yossi in the in the defensive core. But yeah, UC Soros, I I didn't see it coming this year. And I think at the, if you listen to our podcast. I think at the start of the year, I said they need to decide what they're doing. Are they rebuilding or are they going for it? Because they're just kind of in limbo, and uh, the goalie decided they're going for it. So I'd love to see that. They're going to keep going for it, too, because he could single-handedly get you there. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. He's practically, you know, he, he's like the difference maker in the games, like as a goalie. And you wonder if it's going to be like one of those Damanikosic uh, uh, situations where the Sabres just blow, but they're competitive because their goalie, you know, is just out of this world, you know, losing one to nothing games. <laughs> it's like New York, too. I mean, they went from Lundquist to Shesterkin. Yeah. It's insane. How, these teams are just so lucky. I mean, we had Crawford for a while. He was our guy. That, that took a long time yeah. between like who who would you say is the next best goalie Belfour? That that was the early nineties. So yeah, it, it's I mean Belfour was really good, man. But I think that I think Jeff Hackett held his own. Oh, uh, Jeff Hackett. Eh. 
I guess. Wasn't I mean, he didn't have really good teams I, with him? I don't him. like Eddie Belfour, man. That was after, yeah, uh, was yeah Eddie Belfour also had, yeah. you know, he had Ronick, he had Imani, he had Chelios, he had Steve we Smith. Had Jocelyn Tebow for one year, too. Yeah, that was, that was yeah we did. That we was did. Theo Fleury team. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> So, um, so Tyler, how do you feel about yeah. the Tyler Toffoli, uh, you know, trade? Oh, I, hey, so Ratchet's been at the helm for what eight, nine years, and he's never added at the trade deadline. He did the Dougie Hamilton trade, the, the two time trades, he traded for Dougie Hamilton, then traded him out of the, the organization. Those were always in the draft. This is the first time they've ever brought in a solid player at the deadline, and they did it way before because they knew who they wanted, and it's paying off, right? The guy has. Eight goals in 13 games. He's been lights off. He's now lining with Johnny Gaudreau and Elias Lindholm on the top line. Plays number one power play. It's been amazing to watch. And it really makes you as a fan really excited towards this. I do want to ask really quickly, since I'm with some Chicago boys, what is Ryan Carpenter bringing to the flame? He's got a motor, man. He goes out there and he'll he'll kill penalties, you know, number one. Um, you know, if you need to give, if you need a guy that's going to play some uh, bottom line minutes, uh, kill penalties, you know, take some pucks, lay the body, uh, be a real character guy. Uh, you know, I think that's what you're getting out there. Sounds like a playoff guy. That's what that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, has uh, he had playoff experience? I think maybe with yeah, Vegas. That first with season, Vegas he did. Yeah, we're going to miss him. We're yeah, I like him. Them. He can win you a face-off when you need it, and you play know, wing he if he has to. Sight. Yeah, I, he, he's going to fit awesome. right into the Sutter system. I think absolutely. He's a he's definitely a uh, a Sutter player. Well, I got one for Tyler. Uh, Mike's boy Zadorov. How, how's it going? How's <laughs> oh it going, eh? <laughs> let, me you, let me tell you this, okay? I to talk to you. Really yeah, before. I know you were ticked off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming. And then you know what? He he sold me. I he hits everything. Stand now, like I am. Wow. All about this guy. He and you know what I think I like about him is he the man bun. Third line with the <laughs> you know what? Thank God he doesn't have the man. Bun. <laughs> <laughs> got the dude, he yeah, he does. Yeah. But I will say uh, he plays with Cabranson, so it's not really high minutes. But he's been playing like. Situationally, really good. At the start of the year, there was always like this really bad pizza he would throw up the ice or something, or a bad giveaway. He's kind of toned it down a little bit. Daryl Sutter's got him under control. Yes, I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. He, he won't play. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. won't play with Sutter. Over here, Colleton wouldn't uh, say anything. I mean, the guy hit everything in sight, which yeah, was did. great. It was cool, but that's all he did. Hence yeah, his 61 uh, penalty minutes with 20 games to go. Don't, don't touch my say, goalie. <laughs> yeah, I will say his penalties are getting a little ridiculous. He's back. Like, last two games, he's been racking them up. So, just chill it out just a little bit. But they stopped calling things up, so that's okay. So, before we go any further, I got to let you guys know. If you're looking to place bets and want to do it as the action rules in, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for our team means free bets for you, and we need all the wins that we can get. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Now, if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use our promo code SHYTOMAHAWK, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code SHYTOMAHAWK at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Got to be 21 or older, restrictions to apply. So look in the show notes for details. You know what, man, me and Matt, you know, we were watching the uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa last year, and I thought that Carolina was a team that could have beat Tampa. But the problem is, is that, uh, you know, they just went on, they they just committed too many penalties and Tampa made them pay every single time. It seemed like, man, it seemed like every time that they got, you know, they were down one game, like five to one. They started taking penalties. Next thing you know, it's five to two. Then it's five to three. And then it's they get an even strength goal at five to four. Then they get another penalty and it's tied up, you know? And it's like, man, this game should have been put away. 
And penalties can kill you in the playoffs. And, you know, you just hope that, you know, Zadorov doesn't do that for you guys. <laughs> hey, I, I'm begging because we had a lot of years of Sam Bennett in the playoffs and he loved how he played. But there was always like twice a game he would take a dumb penalty and it would cost you. Cost us against Colorado a few years ago. Cost us well, against Dallas. Uh, I think it was two years ago. So, yeah, I, I, I feel that pain. That's the word. If if you're gonna run into Colorado, I think Kadri is gonna put up his bullshit, and you guys yep. will be fine. Yeah, he'll get suspended for playing like a moron, like he is. But yeah, man, he is. He's a great player. I'm not gonna take that away from him, but he just makes stupid decisions. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on that because I was actually just gonna bring that up, Matt. I think you know Kadri. It's it's not that he makes dumb moves. It's that he makes dumb moves at the absolute worst time that you can do that. And, uh, you know, he did he the playoffs dumb. last year. Yeah, yeah, he plays dumb about it. Like, what did I do? Like, are you kidding me, dude? There's you didn't see you, didn't see you board, board that guy into the freaking <laughs> yeah. corner there? He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, dude, you boarded him behind the neck into the freaking, uh, <laughs> in, into the boards. I brought this up with my co-host on my show. Um, Who's the poor GM that's going to overpay for Nazem Kadri at the end of the year? <laughs> the Sharks. That's right. Like that's fourteen <laughs> mil. Fourteen mil to make him uh, the highest yeah. paid player next to Carlson. Yeah, lock him the, up. The, the forward. <laughs> yeah, that's my most hated, yeah, yeah. O- most overrated player in the league is Eric Carlson, and yeah. it, it will always be Eric Carlson to me. I cool. He has a million assists, but he's a minus fifty. So good for you with the Norris. <laughs> you know what, dude? We really, we really value you know defensive oriented, um, defensive oriented defensemen. You know, guys who can play the defensive aspect of the defensive role because it's a hard thing to do, man. Especially with how talented that uh, players are these days. You know, you can you can take any right wing or left wing, throw them at lefty and righty, and and call them a two way uh, defenseman practically. But what you can't do is you can't take one of these guys, put him in a defensive role, and let and these guys make sound defensive decisions when they need to. And I think that this that's what's missing in the NHL these days, man, is that we don't have a lot of guys that are excelling at the defensive uh, end of the puck because everybody wants to be like Hale McCarr. You know, no, I'll, I'm taking Victor Hedman all day. I'll well, take I, I, Victor I'll Hedman take, over Eric Carlson, prime Eric Carlson. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to throw it out there, man. I'll take I'll take Victor Hedman over Kale McCarr any day. Whoa, that is. <laughs> I would, man. I would. Really? Yes. I, 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 I'll, and I'll, 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 I will you. tell you why. I'll tell you why. One. Is that Victor Hedman? If you need him to, he can produce offensively for you in the offensive side of the of the ice. And if you're in a defensive situation with his big body, he can also defend at an elite level on the defensive end of the ice. That's something that Kale McCarr can't do. Yes, Kale McCarr can put up big numbers, and yeah, he's a great on his skates. He's incredible on his on his skates. But if 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 you if he's in a position where he's getting hit or they're taking that part of his game out, he's done. He's useless. He's useless to the abs. And that you can't say the same thing about, about Victor Hedman. Well, for me, uh, go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry. Or Tyler, I'm sorry. I, I would just say I agree with I would take Victor Hedman over Eric Carlson. I loved Eric, like, Eric Carlson as a player in Ottawa. He was flashy before he got his huge contract that made him the most overpaid and freaking useless defenseman in San Jose. Um, I, <laughs> 13 I mil. Say, uh, yeah, it's insane. It doesn't even make sense to me. It's almost like... Yeah, I'm going off traffic here. Uh, so he wanted that Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean money, man, but with that goatee yeah. that he had. Yeah, I know. But I would say this. I would say Kale McCarr at the age of 23 is further in his uh, progression as an NHL defenseman than Victor Hedman was. That's hmm. all I'll say. Okay. You okay. can't compare the two at, at, at this moment right now because, like you said, yeah, Kale McCarr is going to make a lot of mistakes. Where Victor Hedman has now won cups. He knows success. He knows how to play the right way. You got a guy that's playing in his third season and he's highlight reel every night. He could play center out there for most teams. But yeah, I would uh I would I would take Kale McCarr at twenty three over Victor Hedman at twenty three. Well, here's another big difference, Tyler. I believe in Victor Hedman's uh third season, he was playing in the Stanley Cup finals. 
That's when we first got a look yeah. at this guy. And, and it you was, know what? We, I, I, there was I'll, not I'll tell you what. Respect, Kale, Kale McCarr is, isn't playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. As a matter of fact, he yes. can't make it out of the second round. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yet. It could, hey. And you know what? what this, I, was gonna get I think to. this is a big season for Colorado, man. I think this is, is a big season for them because last year, you know, when they went into the second round of Vegas, they blew them out of that first game. I was like, man, this is over, especially with that team, with the hype of that team, the year that, that McKinnon had, uh, you know, Kale McCarr was playing out of this world and then the wheels fell off. You wonder if they get any kind of adversity going into the, going into the playoffs and, and, and uh, Nathan McKinnon, starts telling people that they're not going to be able to eat pasta in the off season either. I'll tell you <laughs> what, man, these diets going, boys. they might start turning yeah. on each other, bro. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. The Colorado avalanche game. I don't think it's going to work in the playoffs. This whole run and gun thing. We, yeah. The Blackhawks were the Colorado avalanche, what they are now run and I, gun. That stuff does not work against certain teams. You got right. to adjust. And I don't think Kale McCarr is going to be able to do that because he's going to want to skate that puck up, but teams are going to tighten up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot different. And then you got Darcy Kemper in that. Sorry, he's not doesn't have that much playoff experience. So we're, it's going to be quite a battle. I can see St. Louis kind of stealing a series from these guys. Well, I love I really love that team is built the right way. And they have two solid goalies, no matter yeah. what you think about Bennington. They have two solid goalies. I will say this. I just want to ask you. You brought up Kemper. Who's what's going to be the first thing? Like, who's the first one to blame in Colorado if they don't make it out of the second? Is it going to be uh, goaltending? No, mm. it's going to be McKinnon, McKinnon's diet plan because <laughs> everyone's not on it. No, no. I, I mean, it has to be goaltending. I think because that's probably what would you say that's the weakest link of the team? I, I think it is. Their defense is strong. They they got a great top six and good role players. The coaching staff is good. Joe Sackick has done everything he could to make this team good. But Kemper, what did he play in the desert for a couple of years? And then I think he was a backup in Minnesota. Yeah. I think I would have rather, I mean, I'd, I'd kind of keep Philip Grubauer, I think. And I know he wanted to get paid and he's, you know, he's playing with the Kraken right now and just playing terrible hockey down there, up there. But I, I still think the goaltending is weak. And I was really surprised Colorado didn't call the Hawks. I mean, maybe they did. But I think I would have brought in Flurry just for an insurance policy. I think they tried because didn't didn't Flurry have like say where he wanted to go? Yeah, I think it, I think right. Colorado was on his list though. I know Minnesota was too, really? but Minnesota might have made sense because it's a you know it's closer to Chicago and everything. But the big thing for him was his family. He didn't want to yeah. he didn't want to uproot his family, and that's why he but, almost retired. But he did, you know his chances are better to win a cup with Colorado than right. Minnesota. But I, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Davidson said, "Hey, I want that first rounder," and Sackick wasn't comfortable with it. Right. And then Flurry's like, "Hey, look, I'm I'm willing to go if this can help you guys. Just don't send me somewhere I don't want to go." You know, type of a thing. Uh, I want to double down on, on on what Matt said. I think that if if there's going to be bland to be passed, it's going to be uh, passed on the goaltending, and I think that it's going to be passed on their captain because. If you know people could say if Philip Grubauer is here and you were gone, we never we've never won with you, and we stuck with you, and we still haven't won. And in his production in the playoffs, I think will be a big thing as well. So if McKinnon isn't scoring, if their captain isn't scoring, if they're not getting good goaltending, I think that it's going to fall on those three guys. Yeah, see, I think it's all on the star. Yeah, Campers like, I, I, had a really good season, like really good season. Like even if you look at his numbers. But this is on McKinnon's shoulders. There's got to right. be a time. Got to be a time where you're like, you yeah. take the game over. Like, what did that reporter say at the end of the day? You just f it, and just take the game over, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the second round, it was something like that. But um, yeah, this is all will be all on Lance Cog. This will all be on McKinnon. This will all be on Makar. It'll all be on you know. Uh, I think Makar might be able to to steer away from that blame a bit, man, because one, he's young, yeah, he's people young. love him yeah. and McKinnon and Landeskog have been around for, for a while now. And it, and, yeah. and it came down between either Landeskog and, or Grubauer. I think they made the right choice. I won't, I won't lie. I've watched well, a lot of Seattle games yeah. with Giordano over there. And uh-huh. He has been hot garbage. Wow. Like not just well, look, look at the team though. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's very hard to stop a puck when they're in your zone the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler, we have, have you, have you recently heard of Jonathan Taves comments? I 
did. Oh, I, I uh, watched it last night. Yeah, they're they're spicy. I want to give. We're. I want to maybe if since you you've you've heard it, I want to get your take on it, man. And so you know, we'll start outsider. with you. We'll yeah, we'll start with you. You know, how about this? We'll start with you, and then we'll go to Matt, and then I'll I'll jump in. How about that? Sure. Um, the comments regarding uh, him leaving next season, right? That's yeah, a sign of like, about. hey, how does he feel about the rebuild? How does he feel about um, you know, about you know, sticking around? You know, type of a thing. Yeah. So there's there's two things with Taves. I feel like he's pouted a lot this year. Like I feel like he's like I don't know been a victim a lot this year while he's like not producing at all. I get he came off like a year that was awful. He didn't play at all last year. Um, but I also understand where he's coming from. This player is at the end of his career. I wouldn't want to go through another rebuild. I wouldn't want to do that. And if the Blackhawks are going to be upfront about it and say, hey. I want, you know, we're going to go full rebuild. We're not going to re-sign you. We're not going to do this. We like or trade you or whatever. And I thought one of those big three would have moved at the deadline. Um, yeah, I, I get it. I understand where he's at as a player because it's been so like two years ago they were rebuilding and then Seth Jones came available and they were like, ah, hold the rebuild. We're going to go for it. And then now they're going to rebuild again. So I, I, I'm actually sadly going to stand with Jonathan Taves and say I, I agree with him. Go on ahead, Matt. Well, you had me for a little while, but uh, okay. If this is Patrick <laughs> Kane, if this is Patrick Kane saying what Taves is saying, I understand. He's putting up unbelievable numbers still. He's, you know, a factor every night, uh, consistent every season. Taves, 53 games played this year, eight goals, 18 assists, minus nine. That's not good enough for a $10.5 million player. I know he's at the end of his career, but so is Patrick Kane. I know they're different players, but I think like you were saying, he's pouting too much. Feel sorry for me, Taves. But uh, hey, if he wants to go, cool. Wave the claws and let's see what team's dumb enough to take you. So Jonathan Taves came onto the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks sucked at the time. And there was... They were, he was, and Patrick Kane were supposed to be the start of something. The very next season, they had a Cinderella season. They, this uncanny team of kids with a few veterans made it to the Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm sorry, to the Western Conference Finals. And they lost to who, who has always beaten us in the playoffs, Detroit. But this team of, of, of young kids, you know, with stars in their eyes, made it to this, to the Western Conference Finals and had hope. The next season, they signed Marion Hossa and Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and Marion Hossa are on the cover of ESPN magazine. You know, the hype is out there. And what does this team do? They go out and win the Stanley Cup. And I'll tell you what, they couldn't have done it without those three players. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, they couldn't have done it without all of those players on that team because that team came together, they played well, and they were the best team out there and they made it through the end. So... Going through the years, Taves has been the guy. He's won everything that there is. I mean, shit. We, even when he went to the to the Olympics, Sidney Crosby talked to him about, hey, you know what? They were going to name me captain. How do you feel about it? Taves was like, fine. Because at the time, Crosby wasn't winning cups like Taves was. Go, we're going to fast forward a little bit. He's a, you know, a Selkie candidate, wins three cups. What this guy knows is winning. Him and him and Kaner are the number one guys in the organization. He knows what it takes to win a cup, what it takes to be successful, what it takes to win a, a gold medal. And what you have to do is to buy in. You have to buy into the team. You have to buy into the guys around you. And you can't let what the media is telling you get to you. You can't let what you're reading in the newspapers get to you or what you're hearing on social media get to you. So when he has his comments that seem really aloof and seem really out of reality when he's like, hey, it's rough to see the, these guys go because, you know, we're a strong team. You know, we're, we're, we're a close-knit team. You know what? I get it. I, I understand what it means to, to, to buy into the guys around you because that's what you need to do to be successful. And you know what? I feel for him because 
they had Stan Bowman this whole time. There's this whole mess in the in in the off season that happened, you know, over ten years ago. And uh, you know, there's a lot of publicity about it having to deal with that. He had COVID, and he also had this other, um, you know, this other immune. Uh, this chronic, you know, this chronic immune disorder that he had, and he's been dealing with it. And, you know, let's take that into consideration. What does it take to make it into the NHL? Well, I'll tell you what, you got to be the top 1% of of all hockey players. That's the first thing. You got to play hockey all of your life. You have to have elite skills. And on top of that, you have to have elite conditioning. And how do you get that conditioning? You play hockey for 10 years before you even make it into the big league. And then when you're in the league, you keep yourself conditioning. You're eating right. And you're doing this season after season, taking a year off and not having that kind of exercise, the nutrition and being ill is going to set you back big time. So not only is he trying to bounce back from from this illness and COVID, but he also has to get himself back into NHL shape. And you know what? The league hasn't gotten any slower. It's only gotten faster. So when Taves is like, yeah, you know, maybe I can I can see now that I've never thought about being traded before. You know what? I appreciate his honesty. Why would he think about being traded? He's playing in Chicago, like one of the top markets in the NHL, an original six team captain of an original six team brought three Stanley Cups there and they hadn't won one in 50 years. So this guy's living on cloud nine. I'll tell you what, man, it's a lot different living in Chicago, making ten and a half million dollars a year than it is for anybody else. You know, it, it's it's a different life. And he hasn't thought about leaving now, seeing other guys getting traded, seeing Flurry, seeing Kaner, you know, Kaner's got a couple injuries. You know, Jonathan Taves is 34 years old. He's probably thinking, hey, you know what? How much longer do I have left? I can't yeah. dominate these guys like I have in the past. I'm not winning 65% of my faceoffs like I used to with ease, where it was practically me and Patrice Bergeron out here, you know, one and two, win- practically winning every single faceoff. And he's thinking about, hey, you know, what am I going to do? I've I had another concussion this year. Do I still want do I still want to go go through the grind looking at one of the greats of the Chicago Blackhawks, Rob Probert, look what happened to him and, and his concussions. You know, he had CTE. You know, it is is Taves thinking, "Hey, you know what? I I've had maybe at least 5 concussions in the league. I don't know how many I've had in juniors." What am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? Is the team going to trade me? I know I'm not going to be making 10.5 million. Do I even want to play anymore? So I think that his his comments were were very honest, which I appreciate because you can get the cookie cutter responses that you get out of a lot of players. Because, you know, Kaner will give you what you want to hear in interviews. Patrick Sharp did a great job of telling you exactly what you wanted to hear in interviews and Taves. And and I think that that kind of rubs people the wrong way sometimes because it's like, well, how can you think about going somewhere else? It's like, well, hell, you know what? I'm tired of getting my, my head beat in, in this game. I, I, I might be yeah. done. My, the guy who I came in here with is having kids. I, I want to start having kids and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be, you know, half brain dead when I, when I retire and start having kids. So, you know, that's the other side of the coin. I think Taves, uh, if he's going to stick around, I think that he will. Um, I think that, you know, maybe we can get him at a reasonable contract when he does and he can take over that uh, leading uh, a, sh- a shutdown, uh, a shutdown line for the Blackhawks, because I still think that he has, he still has the ability to win faceoffs, what we need and to play elite defense. So that's my take on it. I think part of the problem is the media too. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to get him to say, yeah, I want out. Right. And he's, he's hinting it, but he's not saying it, but I think he, he just needs like a, just a better attitude about it. Like we, we get your upset and everything, but come on, man, it's Brandon Hagel. He's a, a 25 goal guy. Yes. He works hard and everything, but Tampa just gave us two first rounders, two NHL caliber players. What choice did he have? I mean, we don't have anybody else really in the pipeline. I mean, Taves can't really think like we're a playoff contending team. He's got to be on board with this because we we have to start fresh. We have no choice. I agree with you 100%, but something that you need to understand is that we're looking at it from an eagle-eyed view from the business side of the of the game. And like I mentioned, Taves is only looking at this as a player. What he knows is Hagel is that 
him and this guy, you know, maybe they played Super Mario Brothers on every road trip. You know, maybe they eat, they ate breakfast together. Maybe Brandon Hagel's like, hey, you know what? You, you've been in the league for a long time. Maybe he was mentoring Hagel. You know, he s- sees the guy every single day in practice all the time. You know, it's different for a guy like that to get traded for him than it is for us. You know, and I can I can guarantee you that Taves I, I he's not looking at this from the business side of the uh, of of the of the organization. He's looking at this as a player and losing teammates. That that's how he's looking at it. I, well, I, I do want to just touch in here too, really quick. I do see it as in Taves that you know the Blackhawks went out and got Flurry in the offseason. They went and made a huge splash in getting the overrated Seth Jones, and <laughs> your team is starting to look good, right? And you have Alex Debrinkat, you still have Patrick Kane, you've upped your defense, you've got Rene Zadora up, you've gotten a better goaltender. That, you know, is probably all signs to Taves that, you know, we're going to go for this a couple more times, right? And then it doesn't go as, like, at all the way he probably expected this season. Now, is part of that his play? Yes, part of it's his play as well. These comments reminded me of when they got rid of Brandon Saad. Uh, very similar, like, it was probably, like, a really close friend to the Taves, like you were mentioning. But yeah, I... I we're not in that locker room. This is probably a roller coaster from the Chicago Blackhawks have not had an easy 18 months. Is it by their own doing? Yeah, it's by their own doing. But still, I couldn't imagine being in that locker room right now. So I'm sure tensions are high and I'm sure his comments are very validated as well. I got another argument for you, though, with this. All right. You know how many players that we've lost because of Kane and Taves contract? We've lost. Bufflin, we've lost Tevu Teravainen, we lost Panarin. I could see you flipping out at the media, like I can't believe we got rid of Panarin. Like we didn't lose Buff, we didn't we didn't lose Buff because of Taves and Kane. Kane and Taves contracts. Yes, no, we, we did. didn't. Yes, we did. We signed. They signed six point six years, six million. We had no money to pay Bufflin. Bufflin was a huge difference maker. He could play defense. He could play forward. You put him. You put him in front of the net against Vancouver. Lalongo is an absolute shit goaltender. That helped us every season, dude. But we've lost so many good players, dude. Bufflin, Bufflin is not a Jonathan Taves, and Bufflin is not a Patrick but, Kane by uh, any stretch of the means, dude. You, you'd be smoking is. crack if you would sign. Dust, if you would sign Dustin Bufflin over Patrick Kane no, or Jonathan Taves, and as a I matter of fact, if you want to blame anybody for us losing Bufflin, you can blame your boy Dale Talon because he didn't get those qualifying contracts in in time. That, that wasn't Bufflin, that was Versteeg. Uh, but when, I'm Bufflin not was one he, of those, wasn't he? No, he was No, I, I'm not saying I would sign Bufflin over these guys, but we're losing key players. And we had no depth, especially 2011. We we didn't deserve to make the playoffs that year. We got lucky because I, I believe Minnesota beat a team in a, a shootout, and they got an extra point, and they prevented a team from getting in. But we lost so much depth because we had to pay these guys. And then the next contract, I get that they they earned 10.5 a year, yes, but we've lost a lot of good players because of these two contracts. And he didn't seem to care back then. But now when we're pretty terrible, oh, Brandon Hagel, yeah, come on, man. We got to start building. We got to think about the future. You're not going to be here forever. So I just wish the pouting fest would stop. And I know a lot of guys are with me, and I know a lot of guys are with you, but it's just getting old. I, like I said, I understand. If you're putting up 20 goals, 40 assists like Kaner or whatever, Kaner might even have more. This guy is contributing every night. So, like right. The last game I noticed Taves was when he got into a fight in Ottawa, got his face punched in, and then he scores two goals. I'm like, damn, that's what it took for Taves to wake up. Shit, he's got to fight every night. But <laughs> that that's the last game I noticed Jonathan Taves. And I and then the only time I hear about him is these stupid interview, like uh, these yeah. questions after the game. Yeah. Like, you're asking this guy the same question over yeah. and over again. That's probably Please, annoying. <laughs> just stop. Please. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's probably like, you know, asking uh you know, what was it that whole thing with uh the dude from Edmonton? Um Oh, yeah. Why are you so pissy, dude? Oh, that that guy, that reporter is Oh decked. my god. He's got to get man. decked in the face, dude. Yeah, oh, dude. Entitlement issues with these Canadian reporters up here, man. It's crazy. We we got some bad ones too. They yeah. they like to make stories about themselves too, and I I honestly don't even follow any of them because it's it's the, the they state the obvious and yeah. they never will be negative. I, like I I was tweeting uh, 
last game, I think, I believe, actually two games ago, Stu Grimson was on the, uh, the like, uh, intermission reporting. He was great. He was bashing the Hawks. He goes, how yeah. do you miss an assignment like this? This is yeah. terrible. We got to fix it. I haven't heard this in years. I was sitting there. I was like, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Right. We got to get a fourth line enforcer in his day to tell the truth because these other guys are just like, oh, yeah, Patrick Kane had a sick deke right there. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was rubbing his post. Come on, dude. Oh, he was great. Marc-Andre Fleury, did you see his new helmet? You know, it's It's, like, come on, guys. It's the same same thing. And And I like the honesty with Stu Grimson. Like, hey, if they're shit. Say it, say it. Yeah. Like, like teach people, because you're not teaching them anything by saying how great they are. It's five nothing. We're losing. <laughs> but hey, yeah, that was a great spinorama by Kane. <laughs> yeah, he, he he forgot the puck though at the blue line. He was offside. So. Well, hey man, uh, Tyler. Uh, I'd like to thank you, man, for coming on. It was, uh, you know, great hockey talk. We love having guys on that you know that are doing other podcasts to come on and talk hockey with us, dude. And we'd love to have you on again. Yeah, maybe around uh, maybe playoff time we can uh, we can talk some hockey after a couple playoff games or something. Wait, 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 wait. The flames go deep. Yeah. Flames, <laughs> flames versus Tampa. That's what she said. rematch. I would love it. Like, although as long as they count goals that go in, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we have that, we're good. Matt will be wearing his uh, his Tampa Bay gear. Dude, that was the best series of four. I, w- I was a junior in high school, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a Hobby Boolin shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. I my, my dad lives down there. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sorry, man. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. That's all that we got for you tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Oh, before we go, Tyler, is there anything you want to uh, shout out, like your social media, you know, where people can uh, find you at? appreciate it uh we talk hockey all the time just like these boys and uh yeah thank you very much what about your twitter handle uh it's, a, it's just head it's just ad head we gotta get a change but mine cool man well hey everybody give them a follow check them out if, if you are not doing so already and uh we'll see you on the next one this is the tomahawk and we're out of here